This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, Matt? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, BBB Brigade? Welcome into a Dubsy Wednesday that has turned into a full show extravaganza <laughs> with our guy, Mr. Dubsy, host of Props Golf, Sports Grid TV replay. You know this guy is all over Sports Grid TV. He's on all the time, and the chat is already on you, Dubsy. The Brigade, they already making bets. Will Dubsy be wearing a hat over under on a half and the under no comes in. He is not wearing a hat. How are you, brother? Who's got the money, boys? No, Send the Dubsy's way. Let's back one. I he love a bit insider trading. You know how we do? Can't break 80. That's a lie. I can't even break 90. What a Wednesday, Matty. I'm not as handsome as Mr. Sharapan. I'm not as smart. But I'm looking forward to jumping right into this one with you. You know, Wednesday is my favorite day. You boys have rewarded me. You know, Dubsy gets excited for the golf. We got plenty of golf, plenty of great sports. The Stanley Cup, the MLB, the French Open, the PGA Tour. That's always in the background. That's like the one annoying mate every Saturday. Hey, mate, you want to come for beers? No, mate, I'm busy. What about next Saturday? It just doesn't stop. Happy Wednesday, Matty P. Excited yep. to be up here. Well, thank you to be a part of this. So Dave is with his family today. If you're just tuning in on YouTube or on Twitter for the live stream, you're going, where is Sharapan? He is with his family, his middle daughter, graduating a year early from high school today. So it's a big moment in the Sharapan household for them to get to be a part of that. So we just, Dave might want to pop in. And I told him, don't, I don't know if he will, but I was like, man, just go be with their family today. But he's like, no, if I got time, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pop in. I'll hit the chat. And I'll come on in and chat with you guys. So like, where are you going to be? He's at the MGM Grand right now now watching his daughter walk across the uh, across the stage to get her diploma man like this is a big moment for you and your family so we might see mr sheriff today i'm hoping we don't to be quite honest it's kind of like one of those goodwill hunting moments like <laughs> knocking on the door i hope i don't find you here yeah. when i come looking for you like take All the day movie. yeah time movie what about those apples what about them apples but i totally <laughs> get it from sharapan maddie because he knows ratings are just going to be through the roof. <laughs> Dubsy moves the needle when it comes to golf betting. So he doesn't want to miss out in the action, but all the best, Mr. Sharapin and the family special day and special day for us. So much good action going on here on a Wednesday. Yeah, it's actually like the perfect day for you to come and do the show today. And somehow the stars just aligned and made it perfect because I was like, man, we got three big golf stories to get into here right at the top. So let's start talking about those tournaments in one second. But I've never actually dug deep into your background as to like, how did you get to the content space? I think we talked about it in Los Angeles. But when did you know it was time to hang up the bag and say, you know what? I don't want to do the touring anymore. I don't want to do the bag carrying anymore. I want to try to do the content stuff. Yeah, mate, mate look, I uh, I came here 10 years ago uh, on the bag caddying. I, I had a very good friend. Uh, she was you know, number one amateur in the world. She converted to being a very good professional golfer, made it to the LPGA to a CRO. So I jumped on the bag there. That brought me here. Uh, five years ago, got away from, you know, traveling around the country. It's just, it's very intense. As much as I love checking out, you know, the different sports bar in some of these little rando towns. And, and quite frankly, 
the little quiet towns like, you know, Boise, Idaho's and whatnot, that's where I've had the most fun. Absolutely love seeing the country. But, uh, you know, a, a few years back, I want to get back into the, the television side of things. I'm like, look, uh, you know, the, the golf space needs a bit of energy. It needs a bit of fun. And I'm looking at the space. I'm going, there's a bit of an angle here. So I went to the golf channel, blah, blah. And they go, look, we've got uh, airtime on a Saturday. College football looks like it's going to cancel with the old COVID going on. So I'm like, you beauty. We launched the golf show. We did one season, syndicated TV. It went okay. But, you know, the truth of the matter, golf, it's very old school. It's it still missed the boat. Uh, for me, everything's going towards internet television, you know, digital markets, YouTube platforms. So that was sort of the killer. The, the old school TV market, is done so. I think it's dead. It's only there for live sports. I mean, you, you can't tell me, hey, we're going to sit there at 6 p.m. on Sunday and wait for 60 minutes to come on. No, thank you. I want it here. I want it now when I can get it. Uh, and, and then someone approached me about, hey, mate, you know, we, we know you used to caddy. You obviously know golf very well. Do you know much about betting? I'm like, oh, you've come the wrong guy, the wrong guy here. I've been an you know, absolute degen since about 15 and a half years of age. So naturally, the two merged together. The golf space, the betting space, it's just been blowing up the last few years, having a good run on it. I, uh, I absolutely live and breathe golf. I bring the edge. I've been a former caddy. I know a lot of the players. I still know a lot of guys out there on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, on the bags. And, and for me, that's where the biggest edge comes. When someone tells you, hey, mate, I'm playing with uh, Roy McIlroy on a Tuesday in the Pro-Am or the practice round, and he's absolutely hosling it. He, he can't get good contact. That's where we get the edge from. So, mate, absolutely loving what we're doing. The golf, the sports betting, as you know better than anyone, it's just going through the absolute roof. So we're having a good time, and we're back in winners in the process, and that's what we're doing with Props Golf twice weekly. Yeah, look, when we came with this idea for Props Golf, it's it's been this new big initiative for me just in the last couple of days and weeks looking at where are we going to go? Not where we are, but where are we going to go? And, and that's where you were instantly the first person that popped to my brain because I think promotion, fun, and pushing the envelope is going to be needed for sports like golf and baseball because the sports are very old. They're very slow. The average person who is watching this is up there, but the gamblers, you can get a hold of them because if you show them, hey, you can win here, Absolutely. To me, to me, I don't care how old you are. I mean, if you're 21, 25, 28, and you've never really watched or played golf much, making money is making money. Having fun is having fun and making bets is, is all part of it. So that's for me, I think what you're brilliant at because you do make it fun. You do make it entertaining. And that's such a huge key because then people watch, have fun, and then cash tickets. People are in the chat already talking about your plus money peaches that you love pushing every single week. The plus money peaches, baby. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to bring out plenty of those today. But, Matty, as you touched on, like, right, and this is what makes your show so good. I, I love watching it as a fan. But there's so much other content out there where it's just talking heads. Like, oh, that that's great, mate. The Dodgers have won 10 of the last 12. So-and-so's got a 4.6 ERA. I don't care. I can read that myself. I want to be entertained, and I want to give it to me very quickly. I'm talking about the betting info. That's what we're looking for. Good time, fun time. We're still bringing all the relevant stats and statistics, whatever you need to back winners. And we've been having a good run. But for me, that, that's what I saw in the space. In the golf world, it still lacks it. I mean, you, you turn on, I, I'm not going to bag anyone, but certain programs involved with the PGA Tour, very stuffy, very old school. They need a bit more spice in their lives. They've got to hit the old happy hour, if you will. And Dubsy's here to show them a good time. Take it or leave it, boys. That is how we are getting it done. One more before we get to the the, the events coming today and, and this weekend. Australia, Dave and I have been sort of kind of stunned. 
that we get DMs from people in Australia to listen to the show. What is the gambling life or the gambling culture in Australia that makes like you guys are further down the road than we are here in America in terms yeah. of what you guys have done. But like growing up, is it looked down upon? Is it shunned? Is it welcomed? Like how does how, how does an Australian well, mate, perceive sports it, it, betting? It's, it's just always been there, Rod. And I, I guess the biggest thing I take away with it that we have a, uh, a sports book, if you will, called a sports tab, maybe as frequent as, as you guys would have a Starbucks here. You know, every small town, you'd have a couple on every corner. You go in, you've got 50 televisions. And for us, it, it traditionally started with you've got horse racing, you've got the harness racing, you've got the dogs. That starts at 10 a.m. So you load in there early. And, and all day, we're talking like, 15, 20 different tracks across the country simultaneously. They even bring in the US feeds here. And just every second, there's four or five races just going through the roof. The sports being obviously kicks into gear later in the evening when the live sports come on. But it's always been there. It's always been a factor. Those traditional sports books and sports shops have sort of gone by the wayside um, because, you know, we've got mobile betting. That's only sort of come along leaps and bounds the last five years. But totally different you know, animal. When I was traveling around here, that's what blew me for six. I'm like, you can only you know, go to casinos to sort of bed and play table games. Like where, where can I, you know, sort of lay some action on the sports and we're seeing more, more and more of it now, obviously California a bit late to the game there, but that's the biggest difference. And it's not looked down upon. Um, it's not champion. It's just something that's there. It's a part of the culture. Uh, you know, if you're a punter, you're a punter. I, I guess it's a spe- special, you know, type of breed. Like all us mad gamblers are, you love the action. It's not for everyone, but, for me, mate, I, I lived and breathed it. I think it started at a young age for me. And th- this is the worst part. I stuck into the pub. I was probably about 15, 16 years of age, and I was using a library card at the time. It was Dubsy McLovin. Like, no one should be allowed in underage with the ID I was, I was using. Anyway, slip a little 50, a pineapple, if you will, into one of the slots, pull out three and a half K, get loaded with the boys. I'm like, how easy is this? I'm just going to pull out three and a half K every time I have some action on the table. And that set me off to the races, baby. Here we are. I've got that Friday night, that library card to thank for it. Wouldn't have it any other way. 18 to drink in Australia? 18 to drink. 18 to bet? 18 to bet, yeah. See, we had this argument a couple of weeks ago. I think it's that's too good. early. No, it's I totally not. agree. No, you it's don't not. think so? No, it's not. Not even close. No. In <laughs> in this cu- in this country, we determine you're 18 to do a lot of things in this country. That's true. We we put guns in people's hands and we send them out to foreign countries. We let them vote yeah. for who the most powerful person in the world is. Yet when it comes to gambling and drinking, we're like, ah, eh, you know, you need three more years. I, I, yeah. You're not ready at 18. So I I love that Australia's at 18. I'm a proponent of that. Dave thinks I'm crazy, but I I don't know. I I just think 18 should be. 21 for everything or 18 for everything. Make up your mind. We arbitrarily yeah. pick when people get to have the, you're an adult now. You could make that decision for yourself when it comes to betting or it comes to doing, you know, buying a drink or alcohol or whatever it might be. So, you know, start just, young, learn young. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I learned young. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I started, I drank early in my life. I am my parents. I have alcoholism in my family. So my, my parents took away that stigma of like, Ooh, it's a drink. It was yeah. like, yeah, you want to have a drink? Fine. Give me your car keys. You can have a drink and you can sit on the couch and watch a game when you're 16 years old. And so when I got to college, I was looking around at everybody going like, why is everyone going so crazy? Like, it's just an alcoholic beverage, guys. Like, relax. That's not a big deal. And, you know, it's just the way we do it with this country. You put a wall up and all the kid wants to do is go over the wall. Like, take the wall down and it's not that big of a deal anymore when it comes to yeah, teenagers. That, so. And that, that, that can happen. If, if you hold someone away from anything, they get, you know, too excited for it. And then when it comes, uh-oh, what do we yep. do here? But yeah, as I mentioned, Start young, learn young. There's there's no one there 
to bail you out so you get some real good money management, especially on the sports being side of things. I mean, there's nothing like a bad beat. Then you've got to go in. You know, I used to work at the golf club from 6 a.m. till 6 p.m. at night. Then you go on a dish out newspapers at 4 a.m. the next morning to make, make up for some silly wages. But, hey, it gets you in the game. It gets you thinking, right, so a little different down under. It's good to see things finally catching up here. And, I mean, the, the sports betting craze, it's only just, you know, the, oh. the, we're just putting the toes in the water. Yeah, we're just we're just starting. If you're just turning in, wonder where Dave is. Dubsy's here for Dubsy Wednesday just for today, though, because Dave is with his daughter. She's graduating high school. So everyone's like, what's going on? Relax. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not a big deal. One day, we're having some fun. All right, let's get to the match six. It starts here in Vegas. It's a 12-hole uh, event. Here at the Win Country Club, have you played the Win? I've not played this course. Have you played this course? I've not. I've been there. It's a Fazio design, typical Las Vegas golf course. You're paying six hundred dollars too much for green fees. It's not overly hard. Um, I think they'll play it really short for these guys. You've got four par threes out there. But look, I, I hate to be that guy, but these match, these exhibition style matches, they don't do it for me. I, I don't right. get excited watching. Four guys shoot 92, 95. We're supposedly four markers, eight markers. I'm not buying it. Uh, of course, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to punt on it. You know, Tom Brady, he's meant to be playing off an eight. Rogers is the best golfer out of the four. He's playing off a five handicap. Allen's meant to be an eight. And then Mahomes is a bit of a wild card. You know, he's playing off a hand- handicap of 13 there, but I know he gives it a good rip. All these guys have pretty good moves. I, I think Rogers is definitely going to be a step up. We saw him last year playing with DeChambeau. He made the big punts when they count. But, uh, Matty, th- this is what I don't like. In all the lead-up, these guys are telling us, yeah, I've been working on my one-liners. Uh, I'm working on the delivery. Like, mate, if you're working on that kind of stuff, that tells me you are minus crack. Your banter is horrible. We need a comedian to step in for you. So that's what scares me about this. The jabs that are going to be thrown out, pre-rehearsed, they're going to miss the mark. And, look, athletes, we love to watch them, you know, in, in their respective craft, their sport. They're not all exciting. They're not all engaging to, to look at or, or, or to watch. I mean, Tom Brady signing that, what, $350 million contract to go on the broadcasting. Don't even get me started on that one. I mean, can't you just do a Michael Jordan, go off into the bleachers and come back, you know, once every six months we see it. But no, nah, needs that limelight. And here it is this afternoon down in Las Vegas. Yeah, I'm frustrated by it. And so I cover the match one with Phil and Tiger. And it was at Shadow. And it was really cool. It was different. It was a yeah. chance to watch these guys go head to head. It came all the way down to the 18th, past the 18th hole. I had to turn the lights on, like, you know, Bagger Vamp style to yeah, go ahead yeah. and, and, and create artificial light to get the thing to be finished. And, you know, that I thought was interesting because it was our first real exhibition betting combination type of event. These are pro golfers going head to head, just playing against each other and nothing else and being, you know, mic'd up. And they said they were going to have side bets going on. And I thought Phil was pretty awkward in the whole situation. Tiger didn't want to talk. Phil was trying to get some personality out of Tiger and Tiger's not like that. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to entertain. And now this is the first time now here on the sixth version of it, where we don't have a pro golfer in any form being a part of this. And it's just four quarterbacks. And I can't figure this out because would I want to watch four golfers play football or would I want to watch four hockey players play baseball? And and I wouldn't. I mean, this is no. not the sport they're supposed to be playing. I, I can't figure out why this was put together the way that it was. It's a, it's a complete money grab. And look, there's no skin in the game. I mean, these guys make millions of dollars. Brady's got hundreds of millions. Okay, let's get on the first team and say, look, you know, th- this is for charity. We're, we're doing it for a good cause. I don't care about that. I'm going to back my golf game. Five million. What do you got? 
these young bulls, they've got them. Okay, maybe I don't have five million. Here's five hundred k. I want to see them invested. Yeah. And if I know that, and if I know Josh Allen is 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 trembling like a shopping trolley out the front of Trader Joe's trying to make a four footer, that gets me exciting. Call me sick and twisted. No, but that's what I want to see. With no skin in the game, I've got no interest watching a couple of mediocre golfers play a, a far too easy resort style golf course down there at the Wind Golf Club. And you look at the action. I mean. Brady and Rogers minus one eighty four, or, or you know there or thereabouts. There's no value there. I, I mean, I'm looking at some of the other bets to lead three, six, nine holes. There's a bit more action there, but again, wacky format. I asked the question, why are we doing it? Why are we doing it on a Wednesday? Maybe give it to me on Monday when I'm hungover after the big wedding I went to on Sunday afternoon. I'm never touching a cigar again. Those things are absolutely overrated. But here it is. We'll have a couple of bets on it. We'll watch it. Let's see who can actually play. So, all right. Yeah. So minus 190 for Brady and Rogers here. So you don't see any interest, any value in in taking the favorite. You said that A-Rodge is the best golfer of the four. So you don't think there's value just taking the best golfer of the four with Brady to win? I I, I don't. It scares me. Yeah. That that kind of juice, Matty. And and look, over 12 holes, a shorter format. They're playing a shamble, which means both, uh, both players will tee off. They take the best tee shot. Then they play their own ball from there. They take the best score. You've got four par three. So for Allen and Mahomes, if Mahomes actually shows up, which I expect him to, this guy's a gamer of the highest order, whether it's you know NFL or golf. I think that could be a surprise packet. I think they may surprise them early. I think Rogers and Brady get it done. I'm looking at them to be in the lead after six holes at minus one ten. Even if they give up a you know an early loss there, they get one down. I think they still steady the ship and get back into the lead there through six holes. And then I do think they go on with the job minus one ninety. It's decent, but this is a wacky format. And what are we handicapping these guys against? Who, who beat uh, Carlton from uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air up at the AT&T Pro End by more shots? Who did a better chance you know, up there at Tahoe? Nah, sorry. It's too scary for me. Did you see the Brady hole-in-one video that he put out last oh, week? Oh, stop it. All, all this money and you can't have a decent editing team? I mean, he, he put another one up there today. He's juggling a golf ball, and it, it looks like it's a it's a, a nickel or a dime. It's barely leaving the golf club. I can see that it's made up. The hole-in-one last week. You know what, Brady? Yeah, he, he's he's a decent footballer. I'll give him that, but he still annoys me. He's just he's just too dorky, and he's too good at everything. He's too good-looking. He's got too much money, so there's no need for him to do these fake videos. Just show up and say, I'm Tom Brady. Here's my rings. That's what I'm all about. I'm going to play a little golfy. I don't need all this other stuff. It's a great point because I think everybody's wondering what the next step is going to be for Brady. What's his next career? And like him doing TV, you're right. Because him walking right in the booth is kind of like, do we know he can broadcast? Is he going to be any good? No. Like, we have no clue whether he can do this job and they're giving him that much money because he's Tom Brady. And frankly, Fox needed somebody to replace Troy Aikman when he left to go to ESPN. So it was like, um, yeah, Tom, whenever you're done, here is a bag. Whenever you want it, come and take it. It's yours. But we don't know if he, for 10 years, if he's going to be any good at it. And these are the events that trouble me. Like These are the events. If I'm a Buck fan, these are the events that worry me because why are you doing this? Why are you looking for the attention here to go and play? Get your name out there. Like, where is your focus? You're supposed to be, you know, if you want to win on the championship, you're supposed to be focusing on getting ready for OTAs and getting ready for, you know, your team. And here you are playing in this wonky event that's going to be, I don't know. It could be entertaining. It could be fun, but I'm thinking it's going to be a disaster because I think these guys are going to stink today playing golf. I think we're going to see, like you mentioned, 12 holes. I don't know how many pars these guys are going to make. Nah, they, they will stick. And I mean, who, who led negotiations 
there for that contract for Brady. I mean, uh, Tom, you know, we want to get you for 10 years. We're thinking of a number between, no, no, you know what? You tell us. What, what do you think? I don't know, 350 million? I mean, just say 10 billion next time and they would have given it to him. And it's such an unknown. So look, Father Time catches up with everyone. It's going to catch up with Tom Brady. And I think it's going to be this season. Mm. Possible. Dubsy, we told you so. You never know. You never no, know. No, it's, it's, it's possible. I mean, he's, he's my age. I'm 45. He's 45 years old. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm you're in good shape, Matty. You're in good shape. Oh, he's in good pliability. Right. Brady's in shape. You mentioned the money. Brady's got everybody he needs. He's, he's, he's like a rubber band, man. That, that yeah, guy just got everything is ridiculous he needs. and is going with this. So, well, I, I, I'm curious. So I'm with you on the side. I, I don't like the side, but what about Brady and Rogers? DraftKings has Brady and Rogers to win, to par more par threes than Mahomes and Josh Allen. We saw Brady play and his short game actually is decent. It was the one thing that he, when he was playing in the previous event in the rain in Florida at medalist, and he was not a great driver of the golf ball, but he wasn't bad with the short game. How do you feel about a play in some of these secondary markets? If you're going to go across, you know, get away from the main, the main ticket, if you will, but uh, who wins par fives, who wins par threes, bets like that on the event. Yeah, I, I think the biggest advantage will be on the par threes for Brady and Rogers. And look, Tom Brady's got a good golf swing. He, he looks like a rich dude who got the best lessons in the world and just doesn't practice. Like when he's over the golf ball, all the angles look good. He looks ready to go. And then he swings. You're like, okay, this guy barely plays golf. But I think they've got the edge on the par threes, especially with Rogers. He, he, he's got a really solid move. On the par fives, though, anything can happen, especially Mahomes. He's going to give it a rip. He may be the longest out of the four of them. Wow. Very athletic dude, as you know. Very athletic golf swing. And Josh Allen, bit of a gamer. I mean, I'm only going what I saw up there at Pebble Beach. He looked decent. But I think with that length advantage, the young guys on the par fives. But again, these par fives, they'll be set up like par fours. You get a good drive away, you're probably going to have a five or six iron in, maybe a couple of eagle looks. So the par threes go the experience. The par fives go the young balls. Plus 20,000 on a hole in one. Worth nah, the flyer? Is, is Brady's team allowed to Photoshop and, and give us another one of those garbage attempts of, of a hole in one? No, no, no. I, I don't see it. I don't think it's worth a fly, Matty. Come on now. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, The whole thing to me, I will tune into it for a little bit, but I'll admit I have turned, I think, the last four of these off by about midway through because – I would expect, or I had, I go went in expecting to see something, and then I don't get what I'm after. So, like the, you're right about the trash talking going on. If I'm not seeing side bets, like I want to see like legitimate side wagers going on, and I want to hear fifty thousand make that putt. Hey, you know, hundred k, I beat you on this hole. Like I want to see some real, some real trash talking and dollars being placed behind it because I think I think you're totally right. I want to see who cracks under pressure. And Brady's right. the young. I mean, Brady's going to be able to push around these young guns, and I want to see Brady do that. Absolutely, and I, I mean, I want to see real tension out there. I mean, you know, what, what's off limits? Kids, wives? No, I don't think so. I mean, Giselle. She's looking mighty fine this afternoon. Tommy B, what's going on there? Right. Mahomes, maybe he wants a slice. Get him a little uncomfortable on that first tee. Done being nice, guys. We're going to see yeah. real action, real tension. No pre-rehearsed one-liners. Go after these boys. As good as Brady is, there's a couple of things you could throw him to get under his skin. Yeah, I would agree. So that starts later on today uh, at the Wind Golf Club. It is a 12-hole event. It's going to be on like every TNT, TBS, across everywhere, streaming 
DraftKings is the title sponsor of it. They're supposed to have live odds going on throughout the entire event. Uh, you can bet on every hole who wins every hole that DraftKings has it up at the moment. There's a bunch of secondary markets that are up there, a bunch of flyer trap type bets. They do a whole yes side and the no on the other side. I hate one-way markets. I don't like being able to bet against it. All yeses, no nos. I don't like that at all, but that's just the way that the DraftKings is going to set it up. So that'll happen later on today uh, here at the Gwyn. My guy, Scott Cowan, who is the head golf pro at the Win. I'm so psyched for you. Best of luck. I love you guys. You're awesome. Everything the Win does is totally first class every single time. So it's going to look great. Just not sure the golf is going to match what the property and the course will be looking like today. I know they have really done a good job and tried to keep this course uh, as plush as they can here during the spring in Vegas when they can get hot and the greens can get overcooked. But supposedly the course is in great shape. And uh, they he told me that they're close to being sold out, which was surprising because I, I had heard a week and a half ago that they weren't tickets were 250 bucks and people weren't really knocking down the doors to, to get in there. But Brady was at the aces game last night uh, with the owner of the Raiders and he was somewhere else in town that somebody told me he, they, they saw him out and about. So he's taken in Vegas. He's having some fun here. I think he's solo too. I don't think his kids are with him or his wife's with him. So there Brady, you go. I'd Brady be throwing it at him. What's going on with you and the missus? You've yeah. ditched her. There's tension yeah. in the air. I'm putting it on Twitter, but Maddie, yeah, great golf course. Uh, if anyone ever gets a chance, the win sensational. That's always dialed in great condition and these matches it's like they don't promo them until like three days prior and they say hey here it is the match that nobody's been waiting for coming up on wednesday two days away but yeah here it is all right so the major news story in golf today and this is the controversy story in golf today and i'm glad we have you because we would have spent most of dubsy wednesday talking about this we'll get to the memorial coming up a little bit later on they'll tee off tomorrow but what do you make of overall the live tour that Dustin Johnson is playing in the first event in England and Phil Mickelson is not. Is that significant to you? Well, there's still a chance that lefty could be a late inclusion for Dustin Johnson. I mean, we didn't see this coming. He threw us a curveball a couple of months ago saying, look, I'm all in for the PGA Tour. I'm not going anywhere. The sellout is chasing the bag. Can you blame him? I mean, 37 years of age, future Hall of Famer. He's won 24 times on the PGA Tour. Maybe he's struggling for a dollar here or there. He's only won $75 million in career earnings. But again, I, I look at the rest of the field. They needed someone like a Dustin Johnson. I mean, this thing would barely qualify for a feeder event on the Champions Tour. It's that bad. But for DJ, I mean, he must have looked at his options. He was meant to be playing next week at the RBC, which is a, you know, a major sponsor of his up there at the Canadian Open. He said, no, thanks. Going to London. I can only imagine they offered him a lot of money to commit to this thing. We heard rumors that Bryson DeChambeau was offered in excess of $130 million to go and be the face of it. I can't speculate how much DJ has has been offered here, but 30 it's got to be he got 30. 30 mil. Yeah. That's a decent bag for me. And look at the, look at the events and the way it's going to play, Matty. I mean, you've got, what, 48-man 40, fields, 54 holes of golf with no cuts. So you're guaranteed a check at the end of the week. Shotgun starts. Look at who you're going up against here. I mean, amateurs, journeymen, guys who are well past it. You've got to like your chances for Dustin Johnson. And now you've only got to play 11 times a year, make more than what you're earning there on the PGA Tour for playing twice as many events. I mean, we look at an event like this week at the Memorial, it's half the prize pool. Your winner's going to get, what, around $2 million? No, no, no. Let's go to the Live Saudi Golf League. When he gets four mil, we're doing teams events. I mean, less investment more reward. Why would you not? I, I mean, I, I'm a traditionalist. I'm all in 
on the PGA Tour. I think it's a timely wake-up call for the PGA Tour. I'm very interested to see how they respond. And, and look, you're opening up you know, a, a can of worms here, if you will, because I question the leg that the PGA Tour can really stand on. These guys are independent contractors. The precedence has been set in the past where they can play on whatever tour they want, and now you're telling them they can't because the money's coming from you know a certain part of the world. I don't think it's going to stand too strong. And for all these other guys still on the PGA Tour, you know they're going to be sitting back with a little margarita saying, let's see what happens to DJ. If this is okay, we're all going to be entertaining it. It's too good not to, especially when while I go to Canada, I can go there, make more money, less time. Uh, for some of these older guys, it's an absolute no-brainer. PGA Tour, what a rocket. I can only imagine HQ going off this morning. Mm. What do you think or have you heard from anybody that you talked to on tour about Phil and his stat standing with the PGA? Because, I mean, look, I- I'm in the middle of reading this book on Phil. It's not all that complimentary as to you know the people he has run with and, and his, you know, things that happened 10, 15 years ago with betting and the Billy Walters stuff and, and then his career and his career earnings and how Phil became so obsessed with betting and golf became almost like a secondary thing to him once he won a bunch of majors and once he became Phil Mickelson, the guy that we know today. But I mean, he has literally been tossed out of the PGA. He can't be seen. He can't talk to anybody. He's been attacked publicly. Rory McIlroy went at you know him. McIlroy this morning at his press conference went at the entire field of the live tour, kind of saying, I don't think it's that impressive of a field like you mentioned. It's looking like a pro-am. But <laughs> what what do you make of the future for Phil Mickelson on the PGA Tour? And have you heard anything about people's feelings privately about him? Look, th- th- there's always been a bit of a feeling towards Mickelson. And, and I've heard bits and pieces over the years. Um, I, I think he could be secretly suspended right now. That's why we're not seeing big lefty back in action. He's going to resurface. He needs the money. He needs to play on this Live Saudi Golf League. He's he's made a commitment to them, so he's definitely going to be showing up. It's only a matter of time. But you hear stories in the past. I, I, I turn it back to uh, he was playing against a young Aussie down at Pebble Beach in a practice round. I won't name the Aussie. He was just an upstart, still an amateur at the time. He goes, you, you know, we'll, we'll play for five grand. Lefty's like, okay, we'll play for five grand. If you win, um, I'll, I'll give you five grand cash in the parking lot. If I win, you pay me when you turn pro. They go out there. This guy birdies last six holes. He beats Mickelson. He's an absolute phenom. He's still playing on the corn free tour. Anyway, the kid goes into the press center. He tells everyone. It blows up. Mickelson absolutely lost it. He wanted to kill him. He comes out and he says, you never speak about that stuff to the press. That stays out there on the golf course. I'll never play with you again. This is a lesson for you. And just loses his his marbles at it. But that's always been lefty. And early on in the career, we saw straight through it. He wasn't the most likable. He always had a thing against Tiger Woods because the big cat would serve it up to him every time at the major championships. But he's savvy. He clued on. He's not, he's not dumb. He is a pretty bright guy. He's like, okay, I've got to turn the public's perception. That's when we start seeing thumbs up. We're, do, we're doing the calf races. He wishes he had calves like Dave Sharapan, the baby cows, but he turned the public's possession about him that he's a, a real funny guy. He's likable. No, no, no. And a, you know, a show of the times, we're seeing straight through it again. This is what lefties all about. Egotistical. It's always been about him. Has to be the smartest guy in the building every time. I think we see him come back. I, I don't know if it's going to be for this event. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a late inclusion, but sooner or later, he has to come out in front of the press. Out of all the, that's what's going on, he said the wrong thing, he's done the wrong thing. He just could have come out and said, hey, I made the mistake, this is what I'm trying to do, but it's the silence which is killing everyone right now. And Lefty, he's bigger than that. Grow a set, step up, front front, front the demons, mate. 
Yeah, but that's not him, though. As you said, that's not ah. what he does. Like his his personality is not geared towards somebody who wants to be taking responsibility publicly or making apologies, saying I made a mistake. You know, trying to claim that initially his comments to the book were off the record, which they weren't, and so he got stuck saying, "Ah, uh, yeah, I said that, but I didn't really say that. I didn't mean that." Well, yeah, you did, and it's on record, and you knew what was being said, and you ah. didn't think what you were saying about Saudi Arabia was going to blow up the way that it was going to blow up, but. What do you make of this Billy Walters book? I mean, supposedly that's the thing he's really looking to dodge because Billy Walters is really angry that Phil didn't defend him publicly and could have helped his trial when he went and Phil kind of turned his back on him. If we go with a double whammy or triple whammy where you've got the comments about the live tour, the book that comes out and then another book comes out on Billy Walters. I mean, could you see lefty walking away and just saying, I can't do this. I, I'm I'm good. I'm, I don't need their career anymore. I don't think so, and I think he needs the money. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to speculate, but you know, it, it was long-circled. Why do he make the move to Callaway? Okay, we're going to wipe some, some pretty large sums of gambling debt. There's been insider trading. I think he needs the money. I think he has to play. And look, the golf world, very forgiving. If he came forth today and said, I've said all the wrong things, I've done the wrong thing, but the PGA Tour made – made me who I am today. I'm still going to play in the majors. I'll play wherever they let me, but I am going to play in the Live Saudi Golf League. I think even the PGA Tour would understand say, okay, at least he's acknowledged it. That's okay. Because, I mean, Tiger Woods, he ain't no saint. T- Tiger's no. done a couple of questionable things, but we love the big cat. I mean, the PGA Tour, he is the protected species. So there's a way to go about things for lefty. I think he's really pigeonholed. I, I hate to say that, you know, that there's that financial motivation, but I think he has to play. We'll see him pegging it up again here pretty shortly. Needs the cash. So it looks like RBC just announced that it has ended its relationship with Dustin Johnson and Graham McDowell. No surprises there. In a statement to ESPN, RBC, the Royal Bank of Canada wrote, as a result of the decisions made by professional golfers, Dustin Johnson and Graham McDowell to play the Live Golf Invitational Series opener, RBC is terminating its sponsorship agreement with both players. We wish them well in their future endeavors. I mean, how much fallout? I mean, UPS ended their relationship with Lee Westwood, who also plans to play in this event. I mean, but Dustin Johnson, you know, formerly the number one player in the world, he's 13th in the world golf rankings right now. Obviously, the RBC deal is not $30 million. So it's probably a balancing act done by DJ saying, I'm making 30 or I'm making one, whatever yeah. RBC is paying me. So I'm I'm good with you guys walking away. But Still not a good look, though, right? When sponsors are dropping you for decisions like this, not 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 a good look. But you know, DJ, I don't think he cares. And I mean, over the last four months, his form hasn't been fantastic. You know, he hasn't won hasn't won since that last Masters. We always see him. He's more excited posting from the old fishing boat, having beers with the brother and the mate. So I question if he still wants to be a factor on the PGA tour. And look, we talk about the prize pools. That doesn't include you know appearance fees for all these guys, even the likes of Lee Westwood. He absolutely. Would have done his homework. What's my RBC deal worth? Okay, give me double, give me triple, give me quadruple. For them, no brainer. Get a guy like Lee Westwood. I mean, their biggest draw card saying they've got, you know, past major winners. Some of these guys, please. The likes of Martin Keimer, you know, Matty Jones, Richard Bland. I mean, come on now. Strength of field. We're not, we're not going near a B plus for this one. But yeah, I think for the guys, they're going to own those ramifications and make a lot more money doing it. I question the longevity of this tour. You know, it's going to be a little Mickey Mouse, but time will tell for DJ. They needed him to be a factor. Otherwise, they probably would have canceled the event. You look at some of these other names, just lackluster is an understatement. Taylor Gooch is a young guy who stands out, uh, a recent winner on the PGA Tour. 
He's been in great form. But again, you know, not all these guys are chasing legacies. Most of these guys are done, you know, chasing that. They're over that 40-year mark. Some of them, they they make good wedge playing golf. They want to be done by, you know, sort of mid-late 30s. I mean, DJ, before he was on any tour, he was going around hustling at country clubs, making an absolute stack playing for money games. He clued on early. This is how he can make a living. He's done all right at it. Maybe he's just trying to show Wayne Gretzky, hey, mate, I, I can I can make a fair bit of bag myself over here. I mean, he just got married to Wayne's daughter. And yeah. big, I mean, splashed all over social media, his and hers and Wayne's and everyone's. I mean, big video production pieces. It looked like it cost like $50 million. I, I, I thought the same thing as you when I watched some of the videos, some of the TikTok stuff, some of the Instagram stuff that's been coming out from both her and him and how little it is about golf and how much it is about his life. And could you see him just saying, Hey, I've, I've, I've hit a point in my life where I want other things. Winning another major is not the, not the end all be all. I don't really care about having my game ready for, for the next couple of majors. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think he lacks the motivation. Not all these guys want to be Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, you know, that Tiger, Gary, Gary play, if you will, hitting, hitting the ceremonial tee shot at, at 75 years of age at the Masters. The guys like DJ, they want to make the bag, get out of Dodge. It's a good way to do it. Um, and I think that's why the PGA Tour really needs Tiger Woods to stick around here for a few more years. If these young guys start seeing that Tiger's not there, a guy who they looked up to, they go, well, why don't we just go and uh, dabble our feet on the other two? If Tiger says, it's about winning tournaments. This is where you're meant to be. You want to win majors. For the guys who are just coming through, you know, the Corn Free Tour, up onto the PGA Tour, they all still idolize Tiger Woods. But if you're looking at sort of guys maybe 10 years younger than that, 14, 15-year-olds who haven't seen the big cat dominate like we have, I don't know. But for me, the PGA Tour, they definitely want Tiger sticking around. Protected species, that is why. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think they definitely need Tiger to be on tour around, be a story in particular because Phil now, I mean, we don't know what his future is going to be and, and what he's going to be going to be looking like. And, and along those same lines, like, I mean, Bryson DeChambeau, as you mentioned, how much money he, he was offered. Like, we don't really have a natural heir apparent on the PGA Tour to kind of take them over. Rory's trying to be that. Wills Villatoris who's very young, been very competitive. He's been very vocal about this tour, saying this is not where we should be. Our guys should be about winning championships and winning majors. And look, the NFL had the USFL that competed against them for a while. And we've seen you know rival leagues pop up from time to time. But at the end of the day, it does come down to the, to the, to the golf, right? I mean, the golf's got to be good for people to watch. It's got to be good. And, you know, ultimately they can pour 100 mil, 200 million broadcasters where you're going to make your money. If it's not good to watch, you're not going to make money. And for all these guys, wherever the money's coming from, it's a business at the end of the day. It's got to be worthwhile to keep doing it. So, yeah, that, that, that's the way I see it going. And look, it does create a few opportunities for some of these other guys who are trying to get a career in professional golf. It opens up a few spots here in America on the European tour. But some of these other tours, which struggling to, to survive the DP world tour, the, the Asian tour, who's I, I think they're tied up with these guys, but those tours are really going to suffer. If you think the PGA tour is taking a whack, some of these foreign tours, I mean, you know, d- down there in Australia, some of our tournaments, they're not going to get the names coming into town. When, when you can't put up prize purses like this, why would you? These guys rather go to the Bahamas, have a couple of weeks off than try and battle out for what, a, you know, 50 grand, 40 grand paycheck. That is if, if they make it through the weekend. So very enticing. Yeah. Well, one more on this. The PGA tour initially was going to ignore these guys and they're like, yeah, whatever, yeah. who cares? 
Then they came back and said, if you play it, we're going to suspend you. What do you make? I mean, should these guys get the book thrown at them by the PGA tour? I mean, should there be suspensions and fines for these guys who are going to play in this? No, I, I don't think they should be. I mean, they've been allowed to do it in the past. They're contractors. They haven't got a set salary. I mean, if you show up and miss every cut, you're not making anything. Now, the top 10, 20 guys on the PGA Tour, they're making a great living. What, John Rahm making, what, $20 million last year? It's still only $20 million. You compare it to some of the other sports, it's not great. We're going to have guys sitting on the bench playing this NBA Finals who are probably making more than that not getting any start time. But you look down deep, you know, around the 150th mark, I'm looking at guys like Kevin Stadler's who have, have played six events, made $4,000. You're paying for hotels. You're paying for caddies. You don't know when the next opportunity is going to come along. So I totally get it. it, it it's all about, you know, making sure you've got dollars coming in. These guys have got families. They've got kids to support. So people look at the PGA too, and I hear the argument, they're overpaid. What, what These guys are spoiled brats. They're making millions of dollars. Some of them are. I agree with that. But there's also a lot of, you know, 75% of these guys struggling. You know, they're there trying to make ends meet. So it's it's not all, you know, chips and gravy, if you will, in the professional golf world. Trust there, me, I know, boys. I know. Yeah, you would know. Is there any value from a betting standpoint in this? I mean, does betting help a tournament, a course, a turn or a tournament like this where there's this much eyeballs, people are going to be paying attention to it because of Dustin Johnson, that if people get involved and they bet on it, that that actually might cause this tour to catch a little fire? Absolutely, mate. And I speak from experience being a foreigner. When I first got here, I'm like, how do I get into baseball? This thing is slow as a wet week. It's worse than our cricket. Let's have a little action. Okay, let's start doing a little research on the pitches, on the trends. And suddenly the missus is saying, let's go for dinner. Dubsy's saying, no, no, no. I've got to watch the MLB here tonight, sweetheart. I've got a game I'm heavily invested in. It changes everything. So it'd be a no-brainer for these guys to have the betting set up, maybe partner with you know, one of the big sports book, but there's a, there's a ton of options. As you know, that's the best thing about the golf. So many different markets. And for this one, the kind of format, the kind of field, it lends itself very well to the value play, the long shot. So I'll be keeping on this one next week. We'll soon see. All right, coach. We'll get to that coming up next Wednesday. All right, let's get to the, the memorial. I know you just put out props golf for the pre-flop forward. We'll do the cut show coming up on Friday night into Saturday morning when this tournament gets going. But Let's break down the field here. John Rahm is the favorite at most books, eight to one, nine to one, somewhere in that range. But there's another golfer you like for this thing, for the, for the memorial starting tomorrow, right? Mate, look, the cream's going to rise to the top. This is Jack's place. Very tough golf course. We look at past winners here. Cantlay's got a good record. Rahm was DQ'd last year. There was no way he was going to lose this event. DeChambeau's won here. But for me, it's a chalky week. You've got to keep it in play. Your ball striking will be rewarded. I love Rambo. I mean, the, the value's not there for me, but I do think he comes back motivated. He ticks the right boxes. What is he? First in strokes gain off the tee, 22nd in strokes gain on approach. For Rahm, we saw last year, he was DQ'd. He turned back up a couple of weeks later at the US Open, got it done. I like him for this one. Cantlay's always going to be a factor, but he frustrates me. I mean, we saw at the PGA Championship, this guy just melts at the majors. He steps up at all the other big events except the majors. So at 17 to 1, I think it's a decent number. If you're looking for a bit more value, Hideki Matsuyama, a guy who gets no respect. Some of these foreign guys just don't get the credit they deserve, Dubsy included. Hideki at 25 to 1. He's won on this golf course before. Target golf, one of the best in the business. 
What do you make of past success? When I've bet this tournament in the past, I've gone back. I mean, Tiger used to destroy this tournament. So whenever he was yeah. in it, it was like, okay, yeah, I just bet Tiger to be top 10 and Tiger's going to come in. He just, he has Jack watching him and he, it's a big event to him. It's a big deal to him. But this past performance, and are you looking at other ways of betting this besides just taking whoever wins it? Does past performance factor into the handicap? Yeah, absolutely. Course history is a big one, especially on a tougher golf course like this. And when you see the same names popping up year in, year out, you've got a clue on, okay, there's something about this golf course you can only do well on coming from experience. Uh, highly unlikely that a first-time winner is going to get the breakthrough win on this track. You look at the golf course, 7,500 yards, past 72 Tough stretch of closing holes, some of the quickest greens we see all year on the PGA Tour. But the best thing here at the golf is the books obviously handicap on the outright market, but the finishing positions, maybe some call them the plus money peaches, baby. That's what get the people going. That is where the value is for me. Not all these guys are capable of winning on the PGA Tour, but there's some who are very well fit for this golf course for a top 20, top 40 finishing position. I don't know if I can just dish out all the plus money peaches here, but I'd love to just give you out a couple, a yeah. couple of ripe ones I picked out this morning here. Uh, Victor Hovland, a guy who can't put a foot wrong for a top 20. You've got him at minus 110. Is it a plus money peach? No, but it's close enough. So we're going to throw it in there for a top 40. Cameron Davis, my Aussie countryman, plus 175. He gives an absolute rip. You've got some longer par threes here this week. He's back into a little bit of form. Cameron Davis, another plus money peach. Are you looking to fade or follow Bryson's return after the hand surgery? Mate, I, I can't get behind that. I'm fading Bryson DeChambeau. A lot of people are actually big on Cameron Smith, the Aussie who went up in flames on Sunday at the Masters, but course history is big for me. He's played here six times before. He's only made the cut twice. Ooh. Now, that, that tells me, you know, Cameron Smith is very erratic off the tee. You've got very thick rough here. Something about the golf course doesn't suit his eye. Maybe the greens, he struggles to read them. The dog legs are working the opposite way to his ball shape. That's what we clue on. Course history, a very big one for us here. I'm fading Bryson. I'm fading Cameron Smith. I hate being that guy going against my Aussie country members. One of your favorites. I can't get behind it. Yeah, Bryson for me is a definite fade just because we don't. He's already erratic anyway. As you mentioned, going erratic at this course is very difficult. But just coming back after pretty major hand surgery, I mean, the scar he's got on his hand is pretty Nasty. gnarly. It's you not like just, yeah, he's going to need to get out there and really figure out what the hand's going to feel like over four days. It's kind of the same way how I felt like with Tiger when he came back. It was like, you know, round one, okay. But what the, what happens on Saturday late in the afternoon or Sunday when you're out there, if you make the cut, how does the hand, how does the body feel from going, you know, Tiger didn't finish the last major for that very reason. So. I think body wise, I would be fading Bryson just because we don't know how he'll feel playing, you know, golf for the first time competitively over a four day tournament. So yeah, I I'm with you on the Bryson on the Bryson fade for, for that. Any head to heads you like for the tournament? Uh, let's, let's take a look in. I mean, for Bryson, he's just so engrossed with chasing distance, you know, everything yeah. we see it's him in the simulator, but, uh, we, we, we got to get more out of him. For the heads-up matchups, Matty, there's there's none. Look, I, I like Cantlay over Smith. As much okay. as he disappointed me at minus 120, that stands out for me. If I'm going to fade, so I'm going to fade him in the heads-up matchups. I like Victor Hovland, even money against Xander Shoffley. For Xander Shoffley, it's a golf course he should do well on, but again, continues to, to wet the bet on us at the bigger events, so I can't get behind the X-Men. And then Cameron Young, a young guy who just keeps showing up on these leaderboards, getting real close to a breakthrough when you can get him at minus 110, over Joaquin Neiman. Now, Joaquin Neiman, he's been having a great season. Mm. He is still over the ballpark. 
with that T. He's got the big miss. That can take him out of the equation. So Cameron Young, a young guy to get on the heads at matchups and keep an eye on him in the outright market too. You can still get a good number like 35 to 1 for him. All right. I know you like other sports besides golf and you do more on tennis than I have ever dreamt on. I don't, I know like the headline stuff with tennis. I'm not great on it, but I wanted to get your take on the, the, the Nadal Jokovic match that happened yesterday. And now that Nadal won that in four hours, is he winning the French? Is that just a foregone conclusion? Look, I, I don't know. I'm uh, Zverev could come up with a sneaky upset, but I mean, We've got to put in perspective how good Nadal is. He has won the French Open 13 times. How good's Tiger Wood at the Masters? He's won it five times. Nadal has won it 13 times. The king of clay. Are you kidding me? This guy, he just looks sensational. I mean, the surface itself, he's obviously a lot more comfortable. The guys over in Europe grow up playing on clay a lot more. But, I mean, it's very, if you can get it, what, uh, I think plus 265 to take out Nadal. And why I'm fading Nadal is, look, he's been going through it. That was a marathon match. With Djokovic, I mean, some of the rallies there were extreme, but he, he has got these lingering injuries. He keeps telling us that, you know, I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around for. So one tweak there, he goes for, Z- for Z- Zverev. Some of these names I can't even pronounce. I mean, he's Better no slouch himself. Back in 2021, six ATP tiles, won the Olympic gold, um, always hangs around that top five. He's had a good run against Nadal. I think he's beaten him two out of the last three times. They've come up heads up. So I think that could be the play. And look who he got through this, Carlos Alcaraz. Now, I don't know if you, if you paid much attention to earlier on in the tennis season, but we, we've got another Spaniard, 19 years of age. He, he, he won the Miami Open, two ATP 1,000 titles, which is like you know the majors, if you will, on the tennis scene. And Zverev got it past him there in the quarterfinals. So that scares me. Carlos Alcaraz, that's a name to watch moving forward. But Zverev beat him. He can beat anyone. He's beaten Nadal before. He's got more fitness. He's got youth on his side. And again, everyone's about the fairy tale ending. I don't think we see it. What do you recommend or do you have any advice for somebody who's like, you know what? I, I'm being told that betting into these secondary smaller sports is a better opportunity. It, it, you know, Get away from the big boys. Get away from the NBA finals. Get away from where all the eyeballs and money is going to be because that's where the sports books will direct their most sharpest you know, uh, you know, people, the, 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 the guys in the risk room who have the most responsibility handling the most money and the biggest handle you've got four or five people looking at these events. It's very difficult to find edges. But if I say, Hey, tennis is something that I've seen people do well in any advice for someone who wants to start handicapping or try to getting involved with, with betting on tennis. Yeah. I, I mean, again, if, you, if you've got the edge there, go for it. Don't just go in there, you know, swinging aimlessly thinking, Hey, these guys aren't doing the research. Cause we know how, competent some of these books are but for the tennis and some of these other i guess non-mainstream sports i feel that they they cap them based on achievements more so than recent form they don't do their due diligence with what's been going on recently and you can have a fantastic you know uh indian wells tennis event maybe get kicked out of the quarterfinals but that doesn't mean you, you didn't play worse than another tennis player who made it to the semifinals because they're on the favorable side of the draw so you've got to do your research know what's going on, know the event, know the seeds. But, mate, if, if you're trying to get stuck into them, lay a bit of action. As Dubsy got into the MLB, that is the best way to get the toes wet. Straight in there. Bet smart. Don't bet harder. But, yeah, the tennis, fantastic value. Uh, some of the heads-up matchups don't really do it. But if you can get you know, some good numbers in the futures there, if you look at the women's side of the board, uh, Iga Schweitek, I think she's won like 30-plus matches in a row now she is the, the dominant world number one ash barty retired there after aussie opens fire tech as it reads she'll be hard pressed to beat 
but there's no value on the women's side of the draw. Interesting. All right. So let's talk some hockey for a second. I know this is not something that you do a ton on, but last night was one of the more insane hockey games in recent memory and in, in, in Eastern conference, Western conference, we'll get to each one here, but the Western conference last night, 14 goals scored. We saw Edmonton come back and make it a game in the third period. It was Colorado big. And then it wasn't here as someone who grew up watching sports that were somewhat low scoring and slower paced. What's a reaction to a 14 goal hockey game for you? Mate, I, I think it puts a lot of weight on how important um, the, the shot stoppers are. The goaltenders, you know, what, what's his name? Darcy Kemper there went off early. Got they hurt. started yeah. leak, le- leaking oil in a very big way. Um, you know, we'll, we'll touch on tonight's match a little later, but in, in ice hockey, the NHL, for me, it's really crucial to have a good goaltender. That, that, that's been the biggest thing. And look, I expected that one to go to unders and then it just blew way past it. You bet the under guys. last night, Dubsy. What are you doing? Uh, you, well, I, you can't be I doing that. I, I didn't know these NHL boys were that soft and they were going to yes. go off injured. I would have I would have played through anything. I would have taken the helmet, helmet off and started headbutting some of those pucks. But, mate, f- fantastic. I mean, someone told me that the Stanley Cup playoffs are the best playoffs in sport. I believe it. They, they've got everything. You know what? I think it was it was Dave Sharpin. Yeah, it was Dave Sharpin. Yeah. But I, I can totally get behind that. It's a tough sport, but there's so much artistry on the ice. You know, you've got the physicality of the NFL. You've got the artistry of, say, your PGA Tour golfers. You throw it in between. You've got to make adjustments. Guys flying all over the ice. There's strategy to it. You know, you, you've got to really take advantage when a guy goes off the ice and you've got that, that man's up matchup. So absolutely loved it. Didn't see that many goals coming. I don't think we see it tonight, but great yeah. stuff. What was your no. take, Matty? Yeah, did it, it play out how you thought? It was the easiest bet of the week for me. It was an absolute <laughs> it was simple, like it wasn't even a question. It was I I won. Uh, I got the over six and a half team total on Colorado that hit in the early part of the third period. I hit I, I bet over three and a half. I bet over four. I bet over ten live. Uh, yeah. It was just a it was just an easy yeah. walk in the park. One of the was more that, was, it, was that based on Maddie? You know, you, you thought it was going to be a free-flowing game or, you know, once well, Mike Smith for Edmonton, just like he, cash it, baby. We've got it now. Well, it's just Mike Smith for Edmonton is not a good goaltender at times. He was pulled in the game. Colorado's offense is unbelievable, but this is a back and forth between the McDavid line and the McKinnon line. It's just whoever is going to be able to get more scoring opportunities because both these goaltenders are not good. And so both backups went into the game. And once both backups were in the game, I mean, the live total was 14 and a half and it, w- it stayed under 14 and a half. But the books, I mean, Circus Sports for game two, we can go into that. Circus Sports went ahead last night and started at seven minus 125 on the over, which for a hockey game is insane. Yeah. A playoff game on top of that to be insane. But you aren't going to bet under again, are you in game two? Oh, not after hearing you just cashed about seven tickets out of damn son. What was Dubsy thinking? I told you I'm not the brightest bulb in the shed. Is that even a saying? There you go. Sharpest tool in the shed, brightest bulb. But yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's a combination of the two. I'll take yeah. it. It's allowed. On both of them together. That's how much I've got going on here. But now nah, I, I liked it. Matty, is it safe to say that tonight's uh, series is going to be a lot stronger? Or you think, you know, Colorado could mix with one of these two? Yeah, to me, look, Rangers lightning is going to be really interesting. The total is five and a half. Uh, I'll, I'll give it to you. We'll, we'll talk about the game and better to book it. We'll kind of walk you through how we do that at the end of the shows. But I, I think you're absolutely right in talking about a totally different type of game tonight. And it really comes down to me, the referees and power plays, because the Rangers offense does not score much off not having the power play. So if 
when hopefully Tampa does it better than what Carolina did. If they stay out of the box, this is going to be a very difficult time for the Rangers to score on Vasilevsky in this defense that was stifling against Florida for the Tampa Bay lightning. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how this game is going to be called because the Rangers have home ice Tampa wins tonight. The whole series changes. And now Tampa's got home ice. So it's a yeah. really big, big game. One Igor obviously is insane in net for the Rangers and just played really well in the series uh, against Carolina and huge in game seven. So I, I think we're going to see if you liked last night and you don't like slower paced, lower scoring hockey, you're not going to like tonight. I think tonight's the polar opposite of last night. I, I, I took a slice of the Rangers at six to one prior to yesterday. I backed him in game six and I thought they were donezo in game seven away, but Shostakhin, I, I like what I see from him. So now I'm all on board, especially yeah. tonight. As you said, they got to start stronger. Yeah, I'm really curious. I mean, it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. I mean, the the, the blue shirts, as they're calling Pumping. themselves, the fans in, in in New York are just so geeked for this. And, and this is sort of an un, unforeseen run. Gerard Gallant, who was here in Vegas, coach of the Golden Knights, doing an incredible job. He's got Ryan Reeves from that Vegas Golden Knights team that went to the cup finals in the first year on, on you know, for as an enforcer for the Rangers. But it, it really, I mean, I'm watching the stripes and, and I want to see what they do because I thought that they would keep, you know, game seven, I thought they would keep their whistles in their pocket and they didn't. They called two power plays in the first period for the Rangers. They scored on both power plays. It was up two nothing and it was game over. I mean, the Rangers were not giving up three goals in that game to Carolina. And once they went up two nothing, it was like, okay. And they won the game going away because Carolina had to open up and the Rangers just went to work. So I'll be very curious to see how the game is refereed tonight, but uh, I do expect a, a much more, tighter game, a much more physical game and a lot less scoring going on here tonight uh, for, for, for this one. All right. So oh you, God. you know, the name of the show, it's the Bostonian versus the book. It's where I'm from. Like I, I it's so obviously my team's in the finals. So I've heard that. I've so heard that. I know what's going to happen. Celtics warriors. I mean, this is, but where, where is your eye? What do you see from the NBA here? You're in Cali. Warriors six hours to the north of you, but what do you make of Celtics Warriors? Who do you have in the finals? Look, I, I think it's going to be a great series for me. It, it's all all going to be about Steph Curry, both sides of the ball. What what can he do in attack? Can he go and get that finals MVP, which has eluded him? How's Jason Tatum and the boys going to dominate him when they've got the ball in possession? For me, Jason Tatum, he's got to start strong. Show us that he is the superstar that we think he is. If they can steal one, early there against Golden State. I think that changes the whole series. But for me, what scares me is that the old Splash Brothers are building a bit of confidence. They're well-rested. Uh, if, if they get up, you know, 2 nothing in the series, could that be the end of it? Uh, but for me, I, I'm rooting with Boston, baby. I want to see it given it to these boys. Draymond Green, I mean, he's an absolute chirp session. He's a mouthpiece. I like Steph Curry. But again, I, I mean, it's all based on perimeter shooting. If they have a couple of off nights, Boston can take advantage, but for Boston, Tatum, he cannot have a night off for me. He can't put up, you know, zero from 10 attempts from the field. He has got to be sensational every night. Marcus Smart, if he is not shooting it, hand it over, son. Just lock it down in D. That's the way I see it playing out. But two powerhouses, I think it's been sensational. I hope it's going to be a great series. I hope we get to a game seven. I would agree. I, I want to get into this because this is from SoCal DGen, one of our great BBB brigaders who put this out on Twitter because this game is a three and a half point line. Celtics are 12 and 0 against the spread. Last 12, when the line is three and a half points to a pick, 
14 and one ATS last 15 when the line is four and people think the line is going to tick up closer to tip time tomorrow, four points of a pick 10 and two ATS over the last 12 against the golden state warriors, eight and one ATS over the last nine at the golden state warriors and nine and one ATS over the last 10 as a dog. I mean, Boston plus three and a half, the warriors might win the game, but Boston plus three and a half is looking like a wager. If you do follow trends and we talk about this all the time, Dubs, in yeah. this show, like your trends are your friends till that they're not. So it's not saying like you blindly fade or follow trends, but Boston's defense is going to match up with this Warriors team a lot better than the public is expecting them to. And I just, I think Boston is much more live to win this series. And I know I'm the Homer talking about my team, but just looking at the numbers and looking at the way Boston plays Warriors win game one. I can see it. I'm not going to bet a side tomorrow, but I will hammer game two. If Boston comes in, Boston has done very well for me after losses in the playoffs. Yeah. That, that, that's been their bounce back. What, what, what do you think, man? Are we going to see a lot of points or are they going to take away that airtime for the Golden State Warriors? I mean, the overs unders right now set at two twelve and a half. Do you think yeah. we hit that? Yeah, no, it's under. I mean, I'm going to wait. I'm letting the public bet that well, up. Boston's Boston going to come out and just lock yeah. it down. And I, that, I think for Golden this, State, this a, they get locked down. That's it for them. Well, the, the Steph Curry uh, over the last three seasons, when playing up against Marcus Smart, only two other defenders have had more success shutting down Curry than Marcus Smart. Curry shoots 29% when Marcus Smart is the closest defender to him. So if you don't have Steph Curry leading the way offensively, clearly you're going to have need Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Jordan yeah. Poole, other players to step up and be big. But you know, there are opportunities, I think, for Boston to slow the game down and say, we don't want to be in this crazy up-tempo game with you. We want to rely on our defense and we can hit enough threes to counteract the number of threes you guys are going to take. And I think they're going to want to make the Warriors take, take two-point shots, make them drive to the strength awesome, of the defense, man. which is Robert Williams and Al Horford in the post. So the size of Boston, not the height, but the length, Boston is much bigger than the Warriors, almost yeah, to a man. Are. If you start looking around, and I mean, Looney's undersized. Robert Williams yeah. is long. Jason Tatum is long. They've got really long defenders and sizable guys. Marcus Smart's going to outweigh Steph Curry by like 40 pounds. So that, I think, is a huge factor. And both these head coaches are Greg Popovich disciples. They both learn from the same guy. So set-wise, defensive strategy wise, this nothing's going to be out of the whack or nothing's going to be unforeseen coming from either one of these teams. And I think that familiarity leads to unders. Yeah. And that's a fair call. Matty, for your Celtics to get it done, who else stands up? You know, the, the, the smart, this Horford Tatum's yeah. obviously going to be the man who, who else is going to step up and be, you know, the, the Jordan Paul, for Boston. Yeah, I think the, the the X factor for me is Jason is is Jalen Brown. I yeah. would look to fade Steph Curry props and stave J- Jason Tatum props, in particular in game one. The public is just gonna go, oh yeah, game one, NBA finals. We saw Jimmy Butler do it, bet under. I'm sorry, bet over. But I would just let right before game time, bet Curry under points, bet Jason Tatum under points, and then see if a guy like Jalen Brown can get loose and to have a game scoring 30 points. I mean, he's had 40 point games before this season in clean key moments. And really it comes down to the rebounding for Boston. People aren't talking about nearly enough. It's kind of the blocking and tackling of football that what rebounding is in basketball. And Boston dominated Miami on the glass. It was a huge reason why they won game seven. And I expect Boston to dominate on the glass again here in this series. You know, Dallas didn't have 
a way of really taking advantage of the last the lack of size. But Boston has bigs they can throw out there, in particular with Horford and Williams, with their double bigs that they'll put up that will let them attack the glass. So that factor to me is a monster. If Boston dominates the offensive and defensive glass. The Warriors are in bigger trouble than people think. I'm just, I I think people are just sort of saying like it's Steph Curry, it's coronation, but the numbers, the guys who run models, they're constantly going, um, I'm not so sure this is going to go the way everyone thinks it's going to go. And that's why the price at minus 155 at certain books for the Warriors isn't higher because of the liability that's been stacked up from the model guys who in December and in January, I have a 10 to one ticket on it where we just started to take it because we were watching Boston the way they were playing. And it was like, Hmm, if things fall right, like Boston be might be here. Yeah. And some guys yeah. have got 50 to 51 tickets right now yeah. riding on Boston to win this thing. We like so, that. Yeah. The books are, you know, I'm talking about plus money peaches. I mean, my God, you got a 50 to one sitting on this. So they that's, got a, it's that's nice. It. That's that's a gaggle of plus money peaches. That's how many peaches are being dished out on the hard court. Maddie, what, what was your take? Uh, Draymond Green saying the reason why uh, Steph Curry's never won the finals MVP is because he's always been double mark. Kevin Durant, he didn't buy it. You buying that? I, I mean, I, or he I hasn't think, performed when he's had to. I mean, I mean look, it's, it's, so go back and see that he's won three championships. The first yeah. time Iguodala was insane in the first series, the first yeah. championship. That's why he was deserving of winning the MVP. And then you have Kevin Durant on the previous two and Durant was insane. So like this is Curry's team now. I mean, this is up to him. I mean, Curry was the best player on the three, one choke job against LeBron. So, okay. (laughs) Now what, what happens going forward? So yeah, there's, there's more pressure on Curry. I mean, he's an incredible player. He's a transformational talent. He changed the way the game has been played, but you know, defense still in a lot of ways wins championships in sports and I, Boston's the better defensive team going into this series. And so the three point shot does change everything. And if Curry's hitting shots from the logo, okay, you can't defend that, but that's a lot of pressure on guys and guys like Curry who, who have performed poorly, you know, in the finals, he hasn't had the greatest of track records. Why he hasn't won an MVP award. So, but if you're going to bet MVP, which I don't recommend doing, cause I hate trusting the media to bet anything correct or pick <laughs> anything correctly is it's either Boston wins Tatum's the MVP. If the Warriors win, Curry's the MVP. Yeah. yeah Already right. decided. Like, it just, yeah. I don't need to know the numbers. Like, unless yeah. they get hurt, they're on the yeah. floor and this game, this thing goes, goes six. You know, I was doing a live stream or a, a Twitter spaces last night with our sister state, sister site, betprep.com. And we were taking questions from the audience and somebody brought this up. And I bet this last night at FanDuel, which is really interesting. Draymond Green to have five or more assists in every game of the series is plus 500. It's Oof. five to one in the month of May. Draymond green has only had less than five assists in a game. He has played one time. Wow. He averages seven assists per game. He has had uh, at least five assists in every, in every game over the last six in the playoffs. And in against this Boston team, they're going to sag off from when Draymond goes across the three point line. They're going to sag off. They're not going to let him go ahead and drive because he's yeah. quicker than the bigs. He will be distributing the basketball a ton here in this series. Guys off curls, guys off cuts. I think that's a gem of a bet from FanDuel you could make right now at five to one return for Draymond to have at least five assists. If he gets five, it's a win. So we just get to four. At five to one, I mean, that's a. I think that's a uh, an unbelievable slam dunk at Fanduel to, to bet that right now. 
Yeah. Is, is that going to be a key for Boston? You think forcing Draymond to start putting up shoots instead of dishing it out? Possibly, yeah. Dare him to shoot threes. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. possible, but that's not the way they play. Like they want to yeah. run the point forward game with Draymond Green distributing the basketball. So I, I mean, maybe Boston will force action. We don't exactly know. I mean, that's why it's five to one, but I could see Draymond Green having double double days with 10 points and 10 assists against yeah. Boston. Even though I like the unders in the game, I, I just think the way that Boston's going to defensively play this is I don't think they really want to give up the paint. They want to try to push out enforce threes from Draymond. Don't let Curry, don't let Thompson get going. But I, I just personally, I looked at that stat. I was like, you know what? Five to one is a great flyer bet at FanDuel. To, excuse me to jump in on that. Just because I think Draymond Green's gonna have the ball in his hands a ton coming up in this series. So that's one way to look at it. Um, I, I also think if you want to look at like Marcus smart rebounding in these games, I think in game one, over three and a half boards is another play. You can jump in with Marcus smart. I think him getting long rebounds off Curry shots is really rebounding. is kind of a, it's a weird deal. Cause it's a little bit random as to where the ball bounces, but if you're guarding Curry and he's jumped Jack and threes short, long rebound, turn around the ball kind of comes to you as a defender and Curry is going to be guarded primarily by Marcus smart. So I think smart going over on rebounds is also a prop that I would look a lot during the series Good for job. him to go to him to go over. Uh, coming on that, yeah, great, so. great, great first season for the head coach. Maybe, maybe oh. there's a bit of there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel for the old Lakers with big hamster coming on the scene next season. I mean, do you want LeBron to stay? Does I, the market? Do you care? I, I, I don't. I, look, Father Time catches up with everyone. It's going to catch up with Tom Brady this year. It's going to catch up with LeBron James. AD is he's beaten and broken up. And I mean, for the head coach to come in and say we need you to make Russell Westbrook work with these other two. It don't fit. The shoe don't fit. It's not going to work. But no, I, I I just don't see it for the Lakers. I, I think maybe that's why they've brought in a first-time coach. They can still keep the old scapegoat there for when things do go south. But no, they, they, they need bigger changes. The head coach, he ain't the problem. Dave gets mad at me every time. I, I, at the Super Bowl, I said the Lakers should trade LeBron at the trade deadline. And he was like, what? I'm like, trade LeBron. I would trade LeBron. I'd, play, I'd trade Anthony Davis. I would simply I mean, blow it up. Uh, the, the, the numbers on. were fantastic. You know, at that age, what he did this season, great for LeBron. But that was it. I mean, there was no one else run off him. There's no attack. There's there's no points in him. So, no, nah, an AD, I, I'd be saying see you later to him as well, mate. Yeah, He's, I, he's I, always on the pine. More, more time on the sideline than the Gatorade cooler. He's always getting hurt. He's always yeah. getting issues. So yeah, I'm. I I think the Lakers are in for it. The West is going to be really difficult for a while. So so you're calling Boston to win. You're taking the Warriors. What's the call? Look, I, I hate to be that guy. I, I'm going to stick with the Warriors, man. That's fine. I, 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 have, a, that I have a guy. seven to one on the Warriors and a ten to one on the on the Celtics. I'm winning I, either way. So I, I think, I, I think we see. I think we see a good series. But for me, Tatum's going to be key early. I'd love to see Boston get the first one. One of the first two. That changes everything. I just don't want Golden State to get up to nothing. Oh. They'll be feeding off that confidence. So hey, boys, the band's back together. This, this feels like three or four years ago, and then. Yeah, Boston's going to have that extra pressure, anxiety, being behind the series despite being at home. So first couple of games, key. can't wait for it. This yeah, gets me going. It's just going to, I just, tomorrow night's going to be just so, so much fun. I'm so psyched. RIBVB Brigade. We have a new sponsor to tell you about here for the Bostonian versus the book. It is a friend of the show, which you guys have seen quite a bit. It is Circus Sports. They are now sponsoring our team schedule of the day here on BVB as we go through it for the Circa Million and the Circa Survivor. 
while Stony Versus the Books being brought to you by Circa Sports and the Circa Million Four Football Handicapping Contest. The most exciting football handicapping contest is back for another season. Circa Million Four will deliver $6 million in guaranteed total prizes with $1 million going to the first place prize. This contest, once again, will not take a rake in any fees that they go over the overlay. When that get rid of the overlay, we'll go right back into the prize pool. Each player will make five picks in pro football against the spread each week. Each pick is worth one point with the player with the most points winning at least $1 million. Entry fees to the contest, $1,000, max of three entries per player. Test your skill against the best handicappers in the world for your chance to win a million for more information about the contest rules and sign up information, log on to circusports.com. Dubsy, have you ever done a football handicapping contest? Look, I was going to do that one last year, but you had to be in Vegas yeah. to lodge the entry. I'm in Vegas next week, baby. 100% I'll be in. I'm big into the fantasy football. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I'm not as big as uh, Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson. Obviously, that, that didn't end too well, but love the fantasy football. Play, playing a couple of high stakes. The one that Circa do, the millionaire one. I've got to be in it. The Survivor, that's got me going. Survivor, we'll, we'll do that read tomorrow. But Survivor really is interesting as well. And, and, and the, you can win. I mean, it's a million-dollar first-place prize for that. You guys can – it's $6 million payout for Survivor, and they have a million-dollar bonus again. So you can win $2 million with Circa Survivor. I've got three hats. I've been in all three Circa Millions so far. Um, they're very expensive $1,000 hats that I've got over here on my wall. So, uh, But you look good when you wear them, Matty. Yeah, you it looks good, good when it's, you wear them, and that's I, it. I, I, I just keep them, and I always tell whenever I see people from Circa, I'm like, yeah, you guys have um, – we love hats here on BVB, and you guys were the most expensive hats I've ever purchased <laughs> in my in my betting careers with $3,000 in hats sitting on on my wall. But I, I can't wait to get this going again. It's such a fun way. If no one's ever done it, I always recommend that if you don't want to put – the dime down yourself to break it up between you and a couple of friends. And it will be the most fun thing you will do with your buddies during the football season to talk every week. I've done it with Dave. I've done it with, uh, with Sean Lockhart from props, Arizona. Every year we've done the circa million together. It's 500 bucks each. So we put up and it helps my handicap so much when you're talking through games and you're talking oh, yeah. about what someone else is mentioning, what they like, what you like. It builds a bond with your friends. You will have like a group chat or you have a group call every week to kind of decide when to make these plays. And if you break it down per week, now that there's 18 weeks in a football season, I mean, 500 bucks. I mean, what are you betting weekly anyway? Two, 300 hours mostly anyway. So now you're doing 55, 60 bucks a week to go into the circa million. It's an absolute no-brainer. And you mentioned you do have to be here, but you can go and hire a proxy and someone can put your picks in for you. So it does add a little bit of cost to it. But if you're a Nevada resident or you have access, if you're close enough to California to get over into Nevada, you can bet on the app. So you just get into Nevada, you sign up in person, and then you can bet on the application. As long as you're in the state of Nevada, you can bet on it. So these football tournaments are so fun. They're the best, I think, for any novice who's never done it before. It's the best way to get into betting, I think, because it spreads your money out. It's like betting. It's like going into a poker tournament in a way, right? It's like an entry yeah. fee. Yeah. You limit your losses. You know what you're going to lose. It's only about winning. Like, can you can you come out in the in the black from a tournament perspective? So what we are doing, Dubsy, we're going through schedules. All right. Okay. Okay. So the team of the day is the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, love Matt it. Ryan is gone. Yep. The win total is five. Yep. All right. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to run through the schedule and I'm going to ask you to find five wins for the Atlanta Falcons. I've already got them. 
Yeah. You already, you already got them. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. it. Okay. So the Atlanta Falcons are a team that I don't I mean we couldn't have lower expectations for this team right now. Like no one really expects this team to do anything. You got Marcus Mariota getting picked up from the Raiders to be the new quarterback for this team. Desmond Ritter gets drafted. So now you've got a kid out of Cincinnati who was, is the heir apparent. Yeah. Cardell Patterson is the do everything guy on offense. And then they got a bunch of question marks outside of Kyle Pitts, who is an unbelievable talent, but I, he's got to be like, uh Oh, for his career with Marcus Mariota now being the quarterback defensively, they're somewhat of a mess. Yeah. Game one, game one home for new Orleans, their big rival out of the gate, win or loss. Bang. Win. Wow. I've got, I've, I've got no credit uh, for new Orleans. I think they're, they're junk. No love for Jameis. I'll nah, take mate, mate, I've never seen someone throw interceptions, interceptions easier than Jameis Winston. No, nah, can't. Sorry. Absolutely. So there is, I have a win, you have a loss. Uh, sorry, Philip, I have a loss, you have a win. Sorry. At the LA Rams in week two. Nah, no brainer. That's a loss. Yeah, it's a loss. At Seattle in week three. Mate, that, that, that's a possible, that's a question mark for me. I'll still say loss though. Yeah, I'm going to say lost too, but I, it's, it's a possibility. Yeah. I have it 0 and 3. You have it 1 and 2. Cleveland at home, game four. Yes. Win. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I'll take the win. I'll take, I'll take a loss there. I have them 0 and 4. At Tampa, week five. Loss. Yeah, it's like getting their doors blown off. Yeah. Ver, uh, home for San Francisco. Loss. It's a bad schedule. I don't have a win yet. Yeah. At the Cincinnati Bengals. Loss. Right. Home for Carolina. Yes. Win. This is this is a win. So I have yeah. one. You have three already on this. Hey, they what they, they won uh, seven times last year. I don't think yep. that'd be much worse. All right. Uh r- home for the Chargers. Loss. Agreed. At Carolina. Win. I think Carolina are that bad. <laughs> well, they're bad. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's Sam Darnold. It's, yeah. you know, I, I I'll give Carolina a win there at home. I'll give them the win though. Chicago on the 20th of November at home, at home. Yeah. win. <sighs> yeah. I'll give it to them. There's two at Washington. <sighs> I feel like I'm giving them to Washington. Nah, I'll, I'll say win again. This is gonna be good. See, this is gonna be a good season for ATL. You got, you got five already. <laughs> I'm up to five. Stuart. I'm on two. And okay. Then home for Pittsburgh. Man, if Dave's losing to the Falcons, he's gonna be an unhappy camper. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. yes. Six. All right. We got a big the- season coming up for the Falcons here. You've got the over. All right. You're bye week in week 14, which is really bad for a bad football team to play 14 straight weeks. Almost a full season without yeah. getting a break. That is bad news for the Falcons. Off the bye, they play at New Orleans. Nah. Loss? Yeah. Agreed. At Baltimore on Christmas Eve. Loss. Agreed. Home for the Arizona Cardinals on New Year's Day. Loss. Agreed. January 8th, last game of the year all at home against Tampa and Tom Brady. Oh, home game, last game of the season. Anything can happen. Loss. So you're on seven. Oh, I hit seven. Okay. So you're on seven and 10. I'm on three. <laughs> I'm on wow. three and 13 or three and 14, rather. That's that's, that's a really tough schedule. I mean, I, I like that wide receiver they picked up, Drake London, yep. a kid out of USC. He's built like Mike Evans, but... 
yeah, I, I think that's pretty ambitious on my behalf. Uh, shout out to all the, all the Falcon supporters. Let's They're going to love you. Seven. You're big yeah. in the ATL, Dubsy. They're going to be all over you. They're like, all right, he loves the Falcons. Coca-Cola, the Dubsy, the Falcons, three, three certainties in life. What do you think, Matty? Pretty grim outlook for him. It's That's the a schedule. Tough draw. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I mean, they're a bad team anyway. But then when you go through the schedule. This is why Dave and I love doing this because it's you look at the number and you're like, all right, they're going to be bad, but how bad are they really going to be? Yeah. And then you're looking at, you know, they don't have many guaranteed wins. Like there's yeah. 14 games before the bye is really bad. Yeah. You've got, is. I mean, their road games just to go through the games on the road for this team at the Rams, at Seattle, at Tampa, at the Bengals at Carolina, at Washington, at New Orleans, at Baltimore. I mean, there aren't many gimmies there on uh, the road. So they got to defend home field to get to these wins. And with Marcus, at quarterback, I right. Mean, how long, how long is he going to stay in there for? Well, I mean, I think Ritter ultimately, I would say Ritter probably is scheduled to play one. Mariota gets hurt all the time, but yeah. two, I mean, if he's ready by week five, week six, I could see Ritter coming in much like, I mean, he could win it. Technically, he could win the job in camp like Matt yeah. Jones did. Yeah. And if he's, if he's good and ready, I mean, I, I didn't love Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati, but the one thing he does, he can move, he can run. So Wales. he can move. He, so you may, I mean, like Mariota, that both of them are going to be able to pick up first downs if the offensive line, which is not expected to be that good to be able to go and, and pick it up. But you have, you know, a guy like Patterson who is multifaceted. He can do a lot of things in that offense. And Kyle Pitts is still arguably in the top, you know, three or four tight ends in the game. So you've got some weapons there, but you don't have a ton of weapons defensively. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a, it's, it's not expected to be when you trade a guy like Matt Ryan, you're basically telling your fan base, Hey, we're going to go through a rebuild. We're going to be and, a minute here. <laughs> yeah. You got to give us some time and we're going to take, you know, see where we go with this, but I'm super interested to see what the division looks like, because I don't think you're wrong to question the saints. I, I mean, we, we don't know what they're going to look like next year. We don't know how they're going to handle, you know, with this new quarterback situation coming over. And, and then you got to go and look, you know, after drew Brees, Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah. maybe he well, comes back. No, sounds I, like he's not too happy on the broadcasting side. He no, he, feet. they don't need him in the studio. That, that I mean, that, that's the problem is he should be calling games. Like yeah, him on the desk makes absolutely no sense. He's milk toast and boring. He doesn't like want to yeah. make any real proclamations. Or they had yeah, him doing true. whenever they acted the on the Saints, he was always like backpedaling. He's like, uh, he didn't want to talk about it. But like, yeah, put him call a game, then that's. You know, all right, I'll, I'll let, let you break down a game and, and, and see what plays. Or even with like the Saints, come call a Saints game and break down what's happening on the field. That would be interesting. But yeah, give uh, us Tony Roma. I mean, he, he's he's been a revelation in the booth. You know, it's so did look, we both like personality, right? So yeah. we, we like guys that, that can bring it. But do you ever get sick of it? The, the, the Romo stick that gets a little bit overdone at times? Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um, he's uh, he's a little one-dimensional, just like his play out in the field, I guess ah. you would say. But, uh, you know, he, he has got a great knack for sort of calling the plays. And for someone like myself, who's no expert by any means, I do enjoy that insight. This is what we're looking for here. You know, the edge rushers are going to put this kind of pressure. I like that side of it. But, uh, no, I, I totally agree with you. We, we, want to, we want to see some energy out of the boys. Yeah, let's go. All right. Our wagers.com story of the day is interesting because the memorial, obviously you got Jack. They're not going to be live for sports betting until January 1st in, in the state of Ohio. But this is where, I mean, this is a football crazy state for Ohio. This is a, uh, 
a sports crazy state in a big population state with big, obviously with Cleveland and Cincinnati and the college teams we've got there with Ohio state with Columbus here uh, as someone that travels the country and, and goes and goes around. I mean, do you find it exciting when states like this go legal and we have more opportunities to, to bet? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, a lot of these East coast states, which uh, have the harsher weather, especially through winter, give them something to do. If they're stuck inside, let them make a couple of extra bucks. I, I don't see why they wouldn't be for it. I, I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's exciting times, the old sports betting. I wish here in California, but uh, f- for me, it's a win-win. I, I think uh, the people get behind it and I really don't see too many negatives to come yeah. out of it. So yeah, it's, it's a bummer in the industry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Our guy, Ryan Butler, who works for wages has an incredible job with wagers wonks, the podcast that he hosts. And he tweeted about this today that, because it's going January 1st, unfortunately, they're going to miss the entire college football season. Most of the NFL season they'll miss. uh, They'll be able to bet on the Rose bowl on January 2nd, the national championship that Ohio state could be a part of in January 9th, plus the super bowl, obviously big and March madness. So we've seen States like New York that did this. New York missed the whole football season last year, but nobody has taken more bets in the history of sports betting being legal in this country than the state of New York when they went on January 1st. So it's not really a bad way to go in because you do get the playoffs for college football and you get the Super Bowl, which are the two big events for football betting. So I expect Ohio to be an absolute monster state from a betting betting perspective. And I mean, these are, these are the states where the books are going to do these signup bonuses. And they're going to give, you know, $1,000 deposit bonus matches. And people are going to be coming into the state from all the surrounding states. If you're living close to Ohio, you go and get geo-targeted in. You sign up for a sports book and you get the bonuses. And I guarantee you, Dubsy, people that we know are going to be flying into that state to take advantage to make either future wagers or make plays that they see advantages of. And then next year for the Memorial and all the other events that are going to come through in the state of Ohio, We'll have sports betting being legalized in that state. So I'm absolutely. I'm mate, mate, we, we, I went to the Rocket Mortgage uh, in De- in Detroit last year. The yeah. first thing I even did before I got my bags, download all the apps, get all the sign up bonuses. Happy punting, and I mean they're already doing. They they got f- fantasy right, daily fantasy. Yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. That that's the gateway here. Let them have at it. So yeah. much good action. It took them a year to get ah, this that's thing. Ridiculous. Took them a year. Once they passed the bill, it took them a year to finally get it done. This is where right These now politicians. Mar- yeah, Maryland's going two years right now where they passed it and they haven't gone legal yet. So I know my friends in Maryland, when they see this, they get really pissed off because they're like, man, you know, you guys are getting it. And yeah. it, just, it just takes this for impl- for them to implement it once the bill gets passed. It's not like they turn sports bidding on overnight. So it takes, it takes time to get it set up, but the countdown's on in the Buckeye state. And, and I think you're going to see a lot of action in the month of January, that handle. That's one of the big boys that people don't talk enough about, about the betting in Ohio and the population bases in Ohio, what they'll do. Cause Pittsburgh people will come over. Pennsylvania people will come yeah. over. You get, just have a lot of, a lot of people who would take advantage of when that state goes legal on the first of January. And then when does Maryland go that will mean at some point, I would assume in 2023, they go, I think you guys in Cali are going to get it. I just, I don't know if you're going to get it before 2024. It's I, mad. I, I mean, you're going to get l- it soon. L- lucky I've got a couple of bookies who look after me, but it's no way to do it. We got to do things right here out in the West coast. Only a matter of time though. Once it comes again, this is going to be, one of the uh, the blue ribbon states for sports. Well, it would betting. be the big. I mean, it's going to be the thirty nine yeah. million people. It's the state. Yeah. It's a whole and country. I'll, I'll be at the forefront of it. Yeah, but the problem is for Nevada at least 
that's the state we are the most worried about. Like Arizona going legal, yeah. we didn't care about. Like, yeah, whatever, Arizona. California, you guys put on, I mean, the number of people that bet big from Southern California due to the entertainment world that's over there is significant. Yeah. So, and I, I mean, there's so much good sports. Uh, you, you know, it's a good time zone for betting on sports as well. Perfect. But uh, I mean, the, the, the numbers you get at some of these bigger books are far better some of your smaller operations. I mean, it breaks my heart looking at some of the numbers offered up by the big guys, especially in the golf. I'm, I'm looking at golfers, you know, 65 to one. I'm having to lay them at like 45 to one. What can I do? I'm not going to fly back to Detroit, right. East Coast, set up the VPN. That cut off after six months. Uh, yeah, can't wait for it. Can't come yeah. soon enough. I think you guys are going to get it. I really, I, hopefully at some point that people to kind of get around to this and, and they deal with this. So I've told this story before, Dubsy, but our props.com story of the day is about the World Series of Poker, which started yesterday yeah. uh, here in Las Vegas. I won a seat in the World Series of Poker oh. the first time I ever sat down to play poker live. So I played in a 2,000-person event, and I was paid an appearance fee to be in the event. Wow. Manny got them skills? Well, Manny I got them skills in literally poker? Literally beginner's luck. I did luck. not know this. Yeah, this is beginner's luck. No, I, is, don't think, I don't think there is beginner's luck in poker. I've never played live poker again. I played one tournament and I won a thing. I'm a one and oh, and I'm taking myself out and I'm done with it. But have, wow. you, had a, have you ever had any interest in playing in a, in, in a World Series of Poker event? Do you, have, do you play poker? Mate, I, I used to play poker. We had a thing uh, Friday nights at the golf club. This is back in Australia. Great time. I just don't have the patience for it. I'm like, I try to be, you know, strategic, and then I get a couple of bourbon and cokes in me. I'm all in, you know, the first round. Then I'm the only guy out of the patio smashing a couple of busters. So I think it's a great game. It's not very right. You definitely need the patience. You know, yeah. but playing aggressive doesn't help anyone. We had an Aussie actually who won uh, the big prize there, uh, Joe Hashem. Aussie Joe, I don't know if you remember him, but no. he, he had a fantastic run there. Uh, but wonderful. Back on the strip as well, that's going to bring the masses in. Yeah, that's the cool thing about it is that now we're back in here and there's actually concerns about parking and, and how it's going to be. But it started back in 1970 at Binion's and then it went off strip to the Rio and where it's been since 2005. So now we're back on strip for this and i mean there's a lot of people the paris ballroom supposedly is completely jack phil full wow. caesar sportsbook's been installed uh, across the entire convention area for people to go in there and, and wager you can bet on who's going to win these things so that there's secondary markets that are going on there but uh, i mean it's buy-ins are anywhere from 400 to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for this thing so it's not be, cheap to I'd get in leaning, leaning towards the 400 i think right <laughs> I, I mean i you know, a part of me just because it's here, a part of me has always kind of said like, why not? But like, it's not easy to do. It's it's like, you know, you're playing this thing. It consumes you for two weeks. And if yeah, you're, you play, you're playing the big events, you got to, you know, you got to wait to, to go play it in live in the final table. But it's, uh, I mean, this is what for me, I started watching poker on TV and they do such a great job of explaining it and, and watching it. And I just kind of learned early that like this game for me, I'm not quick enough in my brain to process all the math and read my opponent to be able to know what to do. Like I just play my own cards. Like I don't play against the player type of thing. Yeah. And that's really the opposite where you need to do with, with playing live. And like I was the reason why I was able to win because I was there for free and I played more loose than I could ever play. Like I, I turned that's money, I, baby. Yeah. I, I pushed guys around on the table like crazy because I didn't care. 
Yeah. I mean, they're paying me 250 bucks to be there. I didn't pay. It wasn't my money down. that was going to be there. And then the kid that I was playing on the final table was a listener of mine. And once I told him who I was, he couldn't handle it. Like mentally he had checked out. <laughs> so I sold, I sold I'm him. I'm in your like, head. Yeah. I'm in your no, head. Get out, get out in of here, son. Yep, I was in his head. I, I pushed him around. He was like, uh, 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 didn't know what to do. 25 year old kid who wanted to go to the world series of poker more than anything, had a poker blog that he had ran. And I sold the seat to him for six grand. Nah. I said, I said, Hey, he won five. I want, I won uh, $10,000, $10,000 seat. He won $5,000 in cash. And I said, look, give me six grand. There you go. Yeah, give me six grand. Matt, Matty's like, back, back it up, son. Yeah. Matty, what, what about, I mean, there's been this recent, I, I had to chuck the lid on there for Mr. Sharapin, just, just bringing those vibes. The, the last few years, online poker, it's massive. People are playing it Friday, Saturday, Sundays, especially through the pandemic. Do you think they'll translate to a lot of these guys coming into Vegas and say, hey, you know, I've done it online. Will it be the same as in person or there's a different dynamic to it? I think it's a totally different dynamic for playing poker in person than per- po- poker online. Yeah, I and, imagine it would be. And I trust it much more in, in person than I do online. And there's just, I, I am, I'm 45. So I'm not of the age where I grew up. Like my daughter grew, is going to grow up and never know anything else, but cell phones and iPads and yeah. everything online and trusting everything's going to work perfectly. And there's no scams going on. But I mean, there was a time in my life when I was in, you know, my early and late twenties where putting my credit card on the internet freaked the hell out of me. Yeah. And I was like, I agree. Uh, you want me to do what? Like, I got to give you my, my what? And so I'm still not, when it comes to gambling online, I'm cool with a sports book because it's a more provable thing. It's like I yeah. buy a price, I see a payout, I watch the game, I get my payout. But who is on the other side of a blackjack table? Who's on the other side of a roulette wheel? Who's on the other side of a poker play that I'm on? I'm still not thoroughly there to be completely comfortable with it. Yeah. I like it. I would do it for fun. But if I'm ever going to put real dollars behind it and spend hours like I do sitting at a computer or breaking down a game, I can't. I can't get my head around it yet. I'm still in person would feel much more comfortable going to a WSLP event like here in Vegas and playing against live human beings and watching it being videotaped and streamed and people watching it. Yes. hundred percent on board would be much more interested in doing something like that than playing the way that, and you, you can read people line. as well, right? In person, yeah. you, you, you can yeah. see if they're agitated. Well, that's what I did. What, what I, I, would in, I wore like a really, really tight, tight shirt. I, oh, I had the, I, the, I had the muscles out, Maddie. We like I, this. Yeah. I, I had the glasses on. I had the, the well, I had like these headphones type of things. So I, I didn't have ear pods, but I had headphones. I don't actually, I had like over the ear headphones. I had like big over the ear headphones. So I acted like one of these, like I knew what I was doing. I was playing the part yeah, yeah. being like this incognito. And then I was winning. Like I turned over, I knocked out three guys by, I, I stayed all the way into the river holding pocket twos and they flipped the two in the river and i cleaned the whole table out and they were like uh-oh like they thought i knew something they thought i had like played the math in my head about the potential <laughs> of getting a getting a two on the river and it was just it was straight beginner's luck and it was like my producer at the time he left me he came back six hours later and was like what the hell are you still doing here and i'm like i'm live he's like what do you mean i'm like i got 10 people to beat and i win this thing <laughs> And they're like, are you serious? And they all like stayed and watched and they couldn't believe it. It got all the way down to the final table and I beat the kid and then like, he was crushed. And then I took him aside and was like, you want to go to Vegas? He was like, yeah. I'm like, I have no desire to go to Vegas. I'll be out in the first day. I guarantee wow. it. And so I sold it to him and he was like, yeah, I was like, okay. And I, I sold him the seat. So it was What's the hottest, it was the hottest it ever been. I walked right outside, went straight to a blackjack table, played 10 hands of blackjack, hundred bucks a hand, one all 10. 
one another one another another dime, and I was, it was up. It was just it was just one one of those weeks, huh? It was one of those days. It was the hottest Jeez. I've ever been gambling in my entire life. It was the most. I'll never repeat it. I'll never be that hot ever again. But it was. It's my best gambling story of 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 just being on a heater. We like getting that. everything to go my way and everything to, to, to fall my way. And people were like, well, what if you took, went to Vegas? I was like, if I went to Vegas, I would have got my ass handed to me. Like the I had, is done. I had no idea what I was doing. Like I, I was just, I wouldn't have the same confidence. I wouldn't have, I'd be up against real people who know what but the hell they're doing. At least, at least you own it, man. I mean, so many guys would have just said, Oh, maybe I'm all that in a bag of chips when it comes to poker. I am going to go to Vegas and I'm going to win this thing. Yeah. And they lose their pants. No. Good and and being a real one. I always knew that Vegas was always, a, I mean, I love coming to Vegas at the time. I never dreamt of living in Vegas, but I always knew that like Vegas will always be there. And like, yeah. if I really did enjoy this, that's fine. But like, I was paid to go and do an, an appearance to help promote this World Series of Poker event. And they were like, yeah, go ahead. If you win it, you can keep whatever you win. They thought I'd be out in the first 10 minutes. They had no so clue fast. I was going to win the damn thing. <laughs> like they were like, Don't and they sleep got free on Maddie Parole, the vault, because yeah. he safest houses with your money, the bank. Love it. It was fun. It was it was an absolute, you know, incredibly fun thing to watch to see how how it was happening. So it was, I had I I had a ball with it for sure. Okay, uh, we need to say goodbye to our friends at Sports Grid. Here, you guys do see Dubsy all the time on Sports Grid. We appreciate those guys stopping in. Uh, you guys watching it? We're back tomorrow, 11 p.m. Pacific time. Dave will be back. I uh, will have that for you guys with Dave Sherpin's return. I'm sure he tells a little story about his daughter walking across the aisle and getting uh, her diploma. Uh, for you guys on YouTube and Twitter, stick around. We're not going anywhere. We got more to come here for BVB, but for Sports Grid TV, we'll see you guys tomorrow at 11 p.m. Pacific time. Okay. Uh, let's get to the prop bet of the day here, Dubsy. Uh, I, this is one where I'm a little bit lost on this, to be quite honest. I'm not sure how much you know about Reed Detmers of the Angels and your neck of the woods. Uh, starting thing. today for the Angels, four and a half Ks under is the betprep.com prop of the day. It's juiced to minus 134 on this. Uh, bet prep does a great job of giving us some data to support and back up why they're making this bet. But I have to be honest, I was looking at it this morning. I was like, I just don't fully know. Hold on. Where is this information? I need to pull this up so we can get it on the bet prep prop of the day. Um, I don't, do you bet many K props? Oh, here it is. I don't. Do you? I, I, I dabble, Maddie. Uh, it's been the best way for me to get in the MLB. The, the angels I thought were having a fantastic run, but They've, they've lost their last six here. The, obviously, the Dodgers, for me, is where it's at, despite wearing the red cap here. But uh, Detmer, I mean, you know, the, the numbers don't don't look too favorable for him. What's he got? A 4.65 ERA, 2 and yeah. 2. So Texas, five, the, the, the numbers, numbers are this. Well, five or more strikeouts in one of his last eight. Uh, five or more strikeouts in one of the last three on the road. It's 3.7. Yeah. 0 and 2 over games against teams with a winning record here. Detmer's not faced the Yankees yet this year. Detmer's didn't pitch recently. Uh, he did pitch recently a complete game no-hitter versus Tampa Bay on May the 10th, but only recorded two Ks during the no-hitter that the kid threw. So, Reed Detmer's under four and a half Ks. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going under this, Batty. I'm going to like ride it? the unders. Yeah, I think, under gets, four and a half? I, I think he gets hooked early. He's been punished the last couple of games with Texas. The Yankees, legit. I know yeah. that much about baseball. Yeah. Unfortunately, as a Red Sox fan, yes, I will concur that they are playing. They may be the best team in, in baseball at the moment, and they're, and, they're, and they're killing people for sure. So uh, I would go 
Yeah, under four and a half, I don't mind. At minus 134 on this, and I think the chance for him not to go more than five innings is pretty good. So Dave always talked about number of strikeouts versus number of innings pitched. It's kind of like linking them up. So maybe a chance to kind of jump in on that. Okay, uh, better to book it time. Uh, this is being presented by Fliff. You guys go to getfliff.com if it's legal in your state and you get an account to give you 25 bucks. No deposit necessary, 25 bucks. Do whatever you want with it to bet on whatever you want. We talked a bit about this earlier, Dubsy. Rangers lightning under five and a half at minus one ten. You'll play the part of the book here. If I was saying, Hey, do you want to bet it? Or do you want to book it? Rangers lightning under five and a half at minus one ten tonight. Betting. It means you like it book. It means you don't. Bet it baby. We got some action coming in here. Get them ready at the back. This guy's got plenty of cash. Let's take it. <laughs> I like Battle it. of the goaltenders. Yes. I, I don't see many goals in this one. I totally agree. I think I think we're, we're going to see that for sure. And that leads to the second bet here for the day that I've got. I only have two bets going for today. And I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to back in the goaltenders. No goal in the first 10 minutes of this event tonight is plus 110. Plus Betting money. it or booking no goals in the first plus 10 minutes money. of plus money. I'm, I'm trying to leave those plus money peaches behind me, but I think we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to dabble with a plus money peach. <laughs> Bet it. Let's do it. That's two from two. I love it. I'm with you. Finally, we do, Dave and I do a thing called our favorite thing about today. It's a chance to kind of talk about whatever you want, whatever you have on your mind, whatever's making you excited for today or for the rest of the couple of days here during this week. So for Dubsy, what is your favorite thing about today? Mate, just just grateful to be up here with my, with my main man, Matty Peralt, the vault. You know, th- th- this world, we got some crazy times going on, but plenty of good sports to keep it fun. So much good golf. Obviously, the Live Saudi Golf League, we're not worried about that one. But this afternoon, I'm going to dabble with that one. I'm going to take Brady and Rogers through six holes. we got the Memorial, another fantastic event. Summertime is coming out here on the West Coast. The peaches are ripe. They are primed. And I had a couple of questions yeah. for the old book, Mr. Sharapin. What, why do they not let me cash these parlays with one losing leg? That should be a thing. Why are they not giving me markets? When I go to the gas station, man, and I'm filling up the car, I'm always playing overs, unders by myself. It's going to be about $72. Uh-oh, it was $69. I just lost 100 bucks to myself. Do I pay up? No, I absolutely do not. If I take the dogs for a walk 13 minutes and a half, overs, unders, I haven't been winning that one too much lately, but that is where I'm at. Happy Wednesday. Good times. Too much crazy stuff going on this world. Yeah. We've got to have a good time when we can. So you Enjoy like ourselves. Give each yeah. other a pat on the back. So you like Brady to lead through six. Yep. At this Minus event. 110. I think Minus that's decent money. Decent money. Um, if you're looking for another play this evening, let's say, uh, you know what? Sharapan's cursed me. He's Pittsburgh Pirates. I gave these little Pittsburgh Penguins a hard time. They've dished it up to the Dodgers the last couple of outings here. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I made a mockery of Pittsburgh, and here we are. The overs under said eight and a half. The Dodgers light it up this evening. They're not going to take that three times. Not from the not from the Pittsburgh folk. No, thank you. I'd agree with that. Yeah, Dodgers need to get a W here on that. Uh, my favorite thing about today has been this show because I think this was so fun to have you come on in. I love talking golf. Dave doesn't do much in the golf space, so it's, I think it's really fun to kind of give the audience a different sound, different feel. Your energy is infectious. It's absolutely incredibly fun to talk to you and, and do this. The show flew an hour and 45 minutes in. It felt like it was five minutes. So really, really fun. So that, that's my favorite thing about today. And 
I'm really happy for Dave. I, you know, we're about family here. We're about building a community of people who've, who are like-minded. And, you know, I'm really happy for him, his daughter, middle daughter to graduate early and to try to figure out what she's going to do next and for the Sherapens to have that moment. It's a huge life accomplishment. And congratulations to anybody who has somebody in their family accomplishing something, whether it be elementary school, high school, college, graduate school. Uh, May is just a really fun time. June's a really fun time when, when kids are getting able to graduate and, 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 and you know, show the fruits of their four, five, six, whatever years it might be worth of work. So congrats to Middle Consig. Congrats to the Sherapan household for doing that. Dubsy, yeah. thank you for doing this, man. This was an incredible, really fun show. I appreciate the time more than you know. Hey, th- th- this is a good show. And it's all about perspective in life, Maddie. And today you've given the viewers a glimpse of how bad the show can be. If we oh, had Dubsy on too often, this is what can happen, kids. Don't Dubsy. drink at a young age. This is what Dubsy's going to look like. But, mate, I'm going to be out in Vegas next week. We- we- we're going to have to catch up. I was yes. meant to be at the memorial this week. And the wife said, look, you've been working too much. You can't go to the memorial. You can't go to Las Vegas next week. You can only have one. She's now my ex-wife. But I'll see you in Vegas next week. I joke. I joke. She had to be. Sharap, right <laughs> it's call. been Come a blast, me. mate. It's been an absolute blast. Come to Vegas. Be, uh, folks, watch right now Props Golf out right now on the memorial. All of Dubsy's plays pre-flop and then the cut show, which comes out Friday night, Saturday morning. You get clips on our social, bet props on Instagram and bet props on TikTok with Dubsy doing those great clips that we've got going on for that as well. You'll see what happens for the memorial. we got Brady and company happening today. So a lot of golf on the docket. Dave back tomorrow. He was Dubsy, Dave there tomorrow. I'm Matt Peralt. We'll talk to you tomorrow for the Bostonian versus the book.